Good evening, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we will analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season or only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. Brought to you by The Lottery. So, I know, guys, it's ra- it's Razzie Month. Razzie Month. But uh, real life uh, finds a way. And yes. we wanted to still get an episode out this week, mm-hmm. but we did not have the time to devote to a full uh, Razzie Month episode just because our uh, job jobs... Yeah, uh, got in the way. Our job jobs got in the way. Uh, also, oh, no. just... Noah's birthday. Yeah, my birthday got in the way. Uh, I'm also just exhausted. I, I didn't get to say this on mic, but uh, we recorded during the Super Bowl to get the uh, Mod Sun Good Morning episode up. And at the same time of working on that, I was still working on Blood Drive Alone. And they came out Tuesday, Wednesday. We had back-to-back episodes. So we could finally say that Blood Drive was behind us. We could dive back into Razzie Month. And getting both those episodes out in one week nearly killed me. Yeah, I, Blood Drive was done because I was on a research trip. And uh, we did not anticipate it being five? Four. It was four, four parts. <laughs> so up there with Freaks and... Is that tied with Freaks and Geeks or was Freaks and Geeks five? I think Freaks and Geeks might have actually jumped to five. It was Freaks and Geeks was insane. Yeah, Freaks and Geeks was its own monster. Um, but this week we are doing something something fun. Yes, we are doing the 1993 unsold pilot for Cash Tornado. Yes, I should also say that we're also doing this because of the data we received from our questionnaire. That uh, people like it when we break things up. So it's not like a full month of Razzie Month. And we also got like mixed feedback on Razzie Month. So we thought we'd do this to make everybody happy. Yes. So you're getting Cash Tornado, which is, it's an unsold pilot, but it's also like a sizzle reel. So this is going to be a very interesting uh, review. But before we can get into it, let's pour one out. What do you got there, Laura? Uh, I have a zonk. A zonk? Yeah, it's kind of late at night, and I'm kind of tired, so it's some decaf tea, so I can zonk out later. <laughs> All right. How is it? A big thing of steam just it's came really off of it. It's really hot. It looks really it's hot. It's a sizzle reel. Oh, that makes sense. It's really hot. Uh, so I, uh, I don't have my drink yet. No. No. I have three... Lottery wheels that I have created, each with different ingredients on it, and I'm going to spin the wheels, and we're going to see what I end up with. Oh so boy. my drink is brought to you by the lottery. So we're going to spin the first wheel. This is the base. All right. So I got things like uh, lime seltzer on here. I got uh, cream soda. I got almond milk. We're going to see, and we spin. I'm going to start with a mango lime seltzer. Okay. Mango lime seltzer. Uh, then we got our alcohol. We got we got some nice stuff. We got some liquors 43. Uh, we got 99 bananas. We got Malibu. We got Fireball. Let's see. 
I'm going to put into my uh, mango lime seltzer some fireball. <laughs> and then I got some garnishes. Some garnishes that will also uh, go on to this to, to make it a little bit more uh, festive. Uh, so let's give this a spin. We got then we got like creamer and like, uh, like we got some uh, uh, sprinkles, but we also have some liquor on here as well. There's some like uh, blue caraco. Let's Curse see how? I know. And it's uh, it's creme de mint. So I'm going to be having a lovely drink brought to you by the lottery. We'll start with mango lime seltzer with fireball and creme de mint. Uh, we will hold while I make my drink. <laughs> I have returned with my... Carbonated s- mouthwash. <laughs> yeah, it looks like mouthwash. Uh, it is my citrusy, cinnamony, minty beverage. That's disgusting. It's toothpaste. It's every kind of toothpaste. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically what I got here. They make cinnamon toothpaste? I'm sure they do. They do. I'm sure they do. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of big ready. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's getting overpowered by the fireball. Um, and then there's kind of a minty aftertaste to it. So, so yeah, it's a stick of big red. What? That big red freshness lasts right through it. Your fresh breast goes on and on while you chew it. So kiss a little longer, make it last a little longer. Make this episode a little longer. With Big Red. Guys, it's a short thing. <laughs> we watched a short thing and we have to do bits. Alrighty. So, All right. So let's get into Cash Tornado. So it starts off with the ever popular showing clips of existing popular shows. Yes. I think this is where we kind of have to start. This We got this off of Wink Martindale's YouTube channel. Yes. Thanks, Wink. And it is clearly not meant for broadcast. Clearly not. It, it's clearly meant to sell. Yeah, this is being sold to states to be like, hey, we can make this show for your lottery. And it'll be tied together with the lottery tickets you're already selling and will increase sales of the lottery tickets. So the way that they, the first thing they try to do is establish, what is that? Ethos? Where, where they refer to like their credibility. That's ethos. That's ethos. Yes. Yeah. yeah, their ethos by being like, What's my line? Password to tell the truth. Match game. Family feud. The price is right. The world's most popular game shows, all created by the undisputed leader in television family entertainment, Mark Goodson Productions. Now, get ready as Mark Goodson Productions presents the newest breakthrough in game shows. Here it comes. The Lottery Cash Tornado. Yes, so it's meant to kind of build up that this is a legitimate kind of thing. And they want that they actually say, imagine a half hour commercial for the lottery. Yes. And it's like, wow, there's just it's it's interesting to hear them using the terms not to get people to watch it, 
Like, I'm so used to seeing television commercials for shows be, this is why you should watch it, not be, this is why you should produce this. So it's fun being on the other side of things. Yeah, it's clearly meant to uh, sell a concept more than the show itself, which I think is super interesting. Yes, it's very interesting to watch, and... We don't get, like, the full experience, but we can put together that there are three sections, each relating to a different scratch-off lottery ticket. It was, like, Kino and two other ones. Uh, Kino, Free Fall, and uh, Force Field. Force Field, okay. And Treasure Hunt is another one. Uh, Because they're wearing different shirts that also reference different lottery... The contestants wear shirts that reference lottery tickets as well as the game yes because the way you became a contestant had to do with buying that particular scratch off and again that's not like made clear but that's what you can kind of put together based off the information they're giving you yes Uh, so this is like your second chance lottery probably you know my my family used to be real big on the lottery yeah Uh, my mom used to work at a place that sold lottery tickets, so we were, like, big into scratch-offs and stuff. And lotteries often have second-chance lottos, which are if you send in your t- your losing ticket, you're entered into a raffle. Right. So it's kind of the idea of you're buying two scratch-off tickets for the price of one because you have double the chances to win. Right. That's what this is kind of creating. Taking sips of beverage. So we jump into one of the first, like the one game we're really going to see, where basically they're saying there's going to be tons of games. Here's one of them in full. Yes. Here's Force Field. Yes. So it's a ring of 10 equally powerful magnets over uh, different amounts of money that range from $1,000 to $20,000. Yes. And they're trying to attract a magnetic pendulum. Mm-hmm. And Roger, our 1990s middle-aged random dad, mm-hmm. uh, will get four swings of the pendulum, and he will get to keep that money. Yes, whatever it lands on, they'll keep. So it's basically roulette. Yes. It's basically roulette, but... It's made a little bit more fancy with these magnets. Yeah. Do you believe that they're equally powerful? It's impossible to believe that. It is impossible to look at this game and be like, this is entirely fair. Because it's magnets. How does that shit work? No one knows. (laughs) So, of course, I don't believe this is equal. Nor do I think, like, you could actually properly do that. Like, magnets naturally degrade over time, which, like, I'm not saying, like, one day they're not going to work or anything like that, but they're all naturally decaying at different rates. Like, one is going to be stronger than the other in a way that is not measurable. Right. From the basics. You can also just get magnets that are different (laughs) powers and rig the game as well. So, the first swing takes... they. Oh, also, these do take forever. Oh, yeah. This pendulum swings around forever, which I will say creates some really nice drama. There is some nice, like, 
Oh, it's swinging over the 20,000 and then like almost stays and then just bounces away. No, no. Like it does create some like real interesting moments here. Uh, On the first swing, he manages to land on $3,000. He is $3,000 richer. Just from that one? Just from that one moment. Lick of his hand. And they're like, we're now going to take 3000 off the board, though. And replace it with a red card that says Zonk. Zonk. And if he lands on Zonk, he's done. Yes. So it's, do you want to keep playing? Or do you want to take your money? And it's a one in eight chance that you'll get a Zonk. There's money all over the board. So mathematically, you think it's uh, worth going. And also, you know... $20,000 is still on the board, which you have equal amount of chance to hit as Zonk. But you don't see things that way. You're like, money time. And away he goes a swinging, and he makes another $2,000. He's got five grand. He's got yep. five grand. And then they put a Zonk over that. Laura, if this was you, are you playing? Uh, no. You you walk away with five? Yeah. Really interesting. I I think I think five grand is an amount of money I'm comfortable losing. Because it's not like they take five thousand dollars out of my bank account. It's five thousand dollars I didn't act I don't actually have. So there's a chance for more okay, sure. We go a swinging and it lands on fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, that would have sucked for me. Well, I mean, who knows where you would have put it? That's true. You're you're not, you know, the one swinging. But so now he's got 20 grand. He's got 20 grand, but there's three Zonkos on the board. Yes. So there is a three and eight chance you lose all your money. But. But. They then pull the 20,000 and replace it with a card that says 100,000. $100,000. So. <laughs> they're like, all right, so this is going to be your last swing. You have $20,000. There's now 100000 on the board. Do you want to pass or play? Lara's already gone. Lara I'm totally walked. already gone. I think at this point I would have walked away as well. Like, twenty k is like, that's a big deal. That's a chunk of change. Like, I can see, I can mentally see how that affects, like, my bank account. I'm like, okay, that's good. Number go up. Uh, he looks to his wife and is like, should I go? And his wife and daughter go, no, take the money. And he goes, ah, I want to do it, though. And he goes for it. And it lands on $10,000. Yes, so he wins a total of thirty thousand. Uh, something, something a little interesting about Roger. Oh, do you have d- info on Roger? He is a longtime producer of The Price Is Right. Oh, so this is all BS. Yeah. Oh, because it's not. Oh, it's not real. Yeah, this is proof of concept. These aren't probably for legal reasons. This could not be a real game show with a real contestants. So I know for a fact that's who Roger is. Uh, other people are probably similarly friends and family. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, because they could not legally do this. 
Wow, interesting. Because I did have the thought of... There are laws in a post-quiz show world about game shows and what they are and are not allowed to do. Yeah. So they would have had to either make this fully fake mm. or make this actually real and people had to win money. Yeah, because I did have the thought of like, wow, for an unsold pilot, you just gave away 30K. But they didn't, which makes a lot of sense. So the next game, we are left to assume two other people, Betty and Edna, have won money in their games as well, but we do not see these We do not see them. I I have a little bit of details on them. They're all luck-based games. Yes. One of them was like boxcar racing, and you had to like guess numbers and like bet on on cars. And then there was another one that was very um, Plinko-esque of just like dropping a ball down a... um, one of those things called a pachinko machine, and uh, hope it lands in the right spot. Yes. So, at this point, I was like, oh, there's no skill involved. Okay. <laughs> Let's Kind of like the lottery. Kind of like the lottery. I was also going to say, uh, before we move on to, to the next slash last game, did you? I was kind of thinking that Roger was going to biff it, yeah, and lose all of his money, because if you're selling this to states, they're going to be like, "Wow, we won't, we won't even have to give money away." Yeah, <laughs> look at them losing, but he's still so happy. But it makes sense now why that might not have been exactly what happened mm-hmm. because of this last game where they are risking their money. So this is the thing I was unsure about. Were they all given $100,000 to play Avalanche? Or are they playing with the money they got earlier? It seems like they are playing with the money they got earlier because they had different amounts of money. I thought that was a cut. It might have been a cut. Because my issue with this show, if it's uh, if you're playing with your past money, you could have three contestants all zonking and then just not have an end to the show. If they're playing with their own money. So I think they were all given $100,000 to play with. And then the idea is they play Avalanche, which is really the old game Kerplunk. Yes. Which is you take turns pulling a stick out of a cylinder that is holding up all of these balls. Each ball is worth $10,000. For each ball you drop, you lose $10,000 of your money. So rather than win money, you are losing the money that they are giving you. Yes. So it's haha now you're poor. <laughs> yes. It's haha now you're poor time. You're not wrong. So I at least looked at this like, well, there's strategy. It's a game of skill now. And like like it's unfortunate you can't like walk away or like the sticks don't mean anything, but you can at least be like Okay, based on where the balls are, I should go with this stick. But the rules are, you have to pick a number stick out of a bag? Yeah, you don't get to choose. Yeah, you're just like, all right, you got to pull stick number six. And when you pull stick number six, you're not allowed to look while you pull it. Yeah. Like, I guess they're afraid you're going to, like, try to guide the balls? That's absolutely what they're afraid that you're going to carefully try to, like, 
maneuver it out. But I don't know. I feel like you could do a lot better than just close your eyes. <laughs> close your eyes and look away and pull. Also, the whole don't look makes me think, well, you could rig this then if I'm not looking at it. Yep. Don't like that. So, first is Betty. She pulls her rod. Nothing falls. The next one was Edna. She drops ten of the balls and loses all of her money. Yeah. So, like, immediately, now this person is nothing. Yeah. And not only is it purely based off of luck... But there's also the disadvantage of whatever order you go in. If you go first, the chance of you pulling a ball or pulling a stick that will drop a bunch of balls is unlikely because there's so many sticks left. Yes. Like, everything about this is just unfair blind luck stupidity. Yes. So, the second woman... So now we have, like, just... You know, we, we literally just have Betty and Roger left now. And I think you're right. Uh, I think they are each given 100000 to start. Yeah. Uh, that being said, uh, Edna drops 10 balls, and each ball that you drop is worth 10000 taken off your total. Yeah. And only one person can win. Yes. Because if you drop the last... If you uh, lose all your money, you're out. Yes. Or if everybody still has money left somehow, uh, you're out if you drop the last ball. Yeah, I think that's a safety measure in the event that if the three if three of us are playing, you, me, and my terrible drink are playing, and there are 20 balls in there, right? Yeah. Uh, I pull a stick out, and I drop 19 balls. The game has to continue... And there has to be a winner still. Yeah. So that's kind of like their safety measure. We we get the alternating of, you know, Betty only drops a couple. And then Roger doesn't drop any. And then Betty doesn't drop any. And then Roger drops enough to lose all of his money. Which is super, super dumb in that watching this, Roger's the only person we care about. Because we saw him... Because we saw him play the force field game. So it's a little strange that they made us invest in Roger and had him lose so a woman they didn't show the game for could win. And she has 60k remaining and also won 10k in her previous game. Yeah. So she wins $70,000. Woohoo. And that's the sizzle reel. Yeah, and then the show ends. Uh, And of course our host is like... Got here by playing the lottery. If you'd like to try your luck here in our audience, all you have to do is buy a treasure hunt ticket, a winning hand ticket, or a keynote ticket, and then cross your fingers. Maybe we'll see you here next time. Maybe next time you'll be a winner on the lottery's cash tornado. Until then, I'm Jim Perry saying thank you, goodbye, and good fortune. Yeah, so this was very transparently meant to sell lottery tickets in different states. This was trying to get into syndication. Yes, because I I think, because again, we used to be really into the lottery. We used to watch the lottery drawing every night. We'd turn on NJN and watch Hella Young draw the pick six numbers. And pick six was my favorite because they were in a, the balls were in a big six. You ever watch the lottery? A little bit. (laughs) 
Yeah, they're in like a big six, and then they went down the six and into the tumbler thing, and ooh, it's exciting. But it was like three minutes. It happened at like eight o'clock. The Pennsylvania Lottery. Sorry, that just unlocked in my lizard there brain. There you go. Uh, yeah, Pennsylvania Lottery, I think, was on ABC. And then the New Jersey Lottery was on the New Jersey Network. But it was a couple minutes and it was just like, all right, there's some fanfare and now it's done. This was meant to be a half hour. And I will admit that in the half hour that I watched this, I was invested in moments with the force field game. Yeah. Because it's just like, oh, so close and then no. Oh, so close and then no. But there was nothing about it that was like, man, I'd watch this show every single week. Why would anybody really want to watch this? No idea. Like, I think it is purely designed for, like, I'd probably watch it once because... As a kid, I was just like, game shows, hooray. I probably would have watched it once and been like, okay, I get it. And then since it's like local to my area, I might watch it if someone I knew was on it. Mm-hmm. Which I think is part of the design of like three people make it on stage to play. But there was a bunch of people in each section that could have been potential contestants. So if it's like... My aunt said she's going to be in the Kino section of Cash Tornado. She could win. They they, they say that there's like $200,000 up for grabs. Yeah. Like that's the max prize. Oh, yeah, I'd watch it. And then she doesn't get picked. And then I watch the rest of the show. And then I guess there's that idea that the people watching will be like, well, I want to be on the show. I think another thing we're, we need to think of is... Uh, what time would this be airing? Because this is probably the kind of show that airs during the day. So you're probably watching it when you're homesick. Yeah, I guess so. I guess I pictured it being on during lottery time, which was like 7, 8 o'clock. But yeah, you can't compete with NYPD Blue with this. No, I. my thought would be that it was a... Uh, that it would be a daytime show. This was uh, hosted by Jim Perry. Yes. He was the host of Card Sharks. I thought for sure he was the dad from Freaks and Geeks. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, is it this guy? There was something that he said that sounded especially like his character from uh, Happy Gilmore. Okay. Where he's just constantly calling Adam Sandler a jackass. That I was like, he's back again? And then I Googled it, and I was like, no, that is not who that is. I think there's also an issue of, why do people go on game shows? To win money. I think that's the misconception. It's the reason anytime I've tried to apply for a game show, it's been to win money. I disagree with you. I know you just said that it's your thoughts and stuff like that. About what I do? About what you do. But I disagree. and <laughs> Because you don't apply for every game show. No, just the ones I think I would be good enough to win money. Exactly. That's no still- one's watching this and thinking, I know exactly how to nail force field. Yeah, I wouldn't apply to that one because I don't think I could win money. You are entirely missing the point. Okay. 
who would watch this and think, I want to go on that particular game show? People who play the lottery? Well, maybe, but like, there's nothing, nothing about it makes it seem like a person going on there would go on there and know how to win. It's not like the show that they constantly compare it to, The Price is Right. Anyone watching The Price is Right will at some point think, this contestant's an idiot, I know better than them. Like, it's not higher, it's lower. There's no hook in this show that makes people go, this show is for me. Okay. The only thing good about it is, I want to win money. And, like, that's not enough to sustain a game show. No, it's not enough to create a classic. Right. Like, you need... The the money needs to be there as an appealing thing, but it also needs to appeal to a person on a level of, this is a thing I know how to do better than them. Okay. And there's none of that there. It's just random chance. They're just glitzing up a coin flip. And you, you need to do more than what they have here. To make something interesting. Like, even in, here's another game that's entirely luck. Deal or no deal. Yeah. Deal or no deal has no skill involved. It's just, did you open the right suitcase? Yet, watching deal or no deal, there's still enough going to it of being like, ooh, I wouldn't take that offer. Or, ooh, i push it one more. Mm-hmm. I know the strategy. It's like, no, no, no. By the time you walked in there, a computer has done every algorithmic check on what the optimal thing to do is. And the banker is going to, like, rely on that to make the offer that makes the most sense. Like, you're not playing against the banker. You're playing against their carefully, like, mathematically chosen algorithm. <laughs> but it has the illusion that you have skill. There's no illusion in this. It's just, I don't know, maybe the land and the thing. Yeah. And that's not good. I agree. So what's your verdict? It's a stay doomed. I was not super, um, I, I was not that interested through a lot of it, I admit. Uh, I thought it was a game show. It was all luck based. It had... So you're homesick from school vibes. Yeah, and even then, I don't think I'd stay on the channel. Like, there's no way I'm surviving a commercial break with this show. Like, if I were to watch the show and be like, we'll be back right after this with Force Field, I'm flipping the channel and seeing if anything else is on. So it's a stay doomed from me as well. All right. So what are we watching next week? This week, it's going to be... Morbid time. Yes, we're doing it. It's, we're doing it. It's time for Morbius. Uh, we, mostly because we're running out of time before the... Before uh, we have to vote. Before so. we have to vote. And I do want to watch the can, f- the front runner before we vote. Yeah. Because right now I'm really tempted to vote for Pinocchio. Fair enough. Uh, also, if you would like to help support this show, keep the lights on here at Stay Doom Studios. Uh, head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash plus two comedy. And uh, at the $5 level, you get to join our awesome Discord and help decide what we do on this very show. Also, thank you to Matthew for being a super cool patron. Where can people find us? You can email us at staydoomedshow at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you were brought to us by the lottery, I'm at plus two comedy. 
if you only apply to game shows you think you could grift a good deal of money out of, I'm at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed.